You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. You may be seated. I would like to just continue, if you don't mind, just this uh, attitude of prayer. And uh, if you would just bow your heads with me. Father, uh, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you that your heart is overwhelmed with calling us back to you. So I, I just pray that this would be such a sweet time, a holy moment for us to hear your words of life. They're challenging. They cut deep. But Father, the reward of pursuing your heart and your attitudes is to grow in our knowledge of you and to look more like you. God, we can't do this without your presence. Father, people came today not to a building to go through motions. We came to gather with people to encounter you, God. Holy Spirit, may you be welcomed to dwell and to have your way. God, get me out of the way. Take all my insecurities, take all my inadequacies, take all my flaws, all my fears, all my failures, take them, God. I pray you draw hearts to you. My heart, Lord, as a minister, is that people would experience life change. And that only comes through you. Get me out of the way, God. Keep us in tune with you. We push away distractions in the physical realm, the mental and emotional realm, but also the spiritual realm. We speak to the voices and the lies and the enemy of distraction, and we tell you to be silenced and to go in Jesus' name. Amen. It's so good to have you guys. Uh, congratulations to the newly uh, Mr. and Mrs. Burlow who tied the knot last Sunday. Congratulations, guys. Um, we are in this Get Real series, and you're probably asking, when is this series is going to be over. Come on, get real, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The Lord is just really, I, I believe, teaching me and teaching us of what it means to look and walk like and talk like Jesus. You know, we're called, I don't know if you know this, but as a church, if you're a follower of Christ, we're called to first grow up as a disciple. We're literally supposed to have a disciple helping us, pouring into us. And I'm not talking about a Sunday morning pastor. I'm talking about someone who's just a little bit further in their walk with Jesus than you to help you and to guide you into the ways of Christ. But here's the thing, as you grow through this, and I sure hope that you're taking this and growing yourself because it's something that no one else can do for you that we are called to actually be making disciples. And you know, as we go through this year and even beyond here at Elevation Community Church, I don't want us just to say that our vision is to make disciples. I want us to actually do it. And this is the first place where we start, is the words of Jesus, the attitude of Jesus. It's the maturity or the growth staircase of a Christian. We first see we're supposed to be poor in spirit. We're supposed to understand intellectually our sinful spiritual bankruptcy, our deep need for salvation. And then we go to mourning over our sinful state. It's a bit more emotional than it is intellectual. And then we go to blessed are the meek, the gentle in spirit, and then we go to blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then last week we talked about blessed are the pure in heart. 
means what you're filtering your life, your thoughts, your heart through. If it's Jesus, there is purity there. If it's anything but Jesus, you are contaminating those pure waters. And it's not just about what you're filled with. You're filled with the purity of God when you accept Christ. But what flows out of you? Continually, continually connected to the life source. And this week is no different But first, I want to give you just another uh, description of the Beatitudes. We've, We've said it this way, be the attitude. You see, as we come to know Jesus intellectually, get to know him in his word, get to know him in relationship, we also are supposed to look more and more like him. Would you agree? Yeah. So let's look at this, and I think it's going to bring a little bit more understanding to these Beatitudes. Be the attitude. There are eight radical, let's just be honest, these are radical, and radical are counter-cultural. It's counter-cultural. It's not the way our worldly system works. That's why it's so challenging. That's where we have to sacrifice. That's where we have to lay down our lives to pick up the radical cross. These are eight radical attitudes and declarations of kingdom living. When you are born again and you have accepted Jesus's forgiveness and his righteousness, which makes you right with God, we're gonna cover that in a moment. It makes you members of the family of God. It, it makes you kingdom people. And it results in contentment. This is the reward Jesus talks about. He says, blessed are for they shall. There's always a blessing, a heavenly, supernatural, spiritual blessing that comes with putting on the attitude of Christ. And it's a lot of times found in this, contentment. Not circumstances, not feelings, but contentment. Spiritual growth in the midst of hot waters, in the midst of chaos. Now, can I just take a a poll with show of hands? How many would say that our world is in chaos? please everybody? If not, just walk outside for just a moment or turn Facebook on. (laughs) We're in chaos. Why? We got to look at the, the root cause of chaos. What's the root cause of chaos? Conflict. Sin. Yeah, conflict. We see it from the garden when there was conflict between believing a lie or the truth of what God says. Conflict. What is conflict? Let's look at the definition of conflict so we can understand our need to be at peace, which is what we're gonna look at today. Conflict. It's angry disagreement between people or groups. Know anybody angry? Know anyone that you're right now in disagreement with? Maybe you know someone else that's in an angry disagreement with someone else, right? Not you. Angry disagreement between people or groups. Chaos is caused by conflict. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say right out of the gate. In the kingdom of God, conflict can be a very good thing, very healthy thing. But when the kingdom, the people of the kingdom start to handle conflict the way the world does, now we have conflict. (laughs) Let's just take a real quick look at what is going on in our world right now as of February 21st, 2021. Let's just look. We have media conflict. Turn on the news and I can guarantee you that the majority of what you hear will be based on conflict. That's what makes it news. That's why it's like pulling teeth to try to get the news stations out for something really good. No, you tell them that now there's a dispute on the parking lot of the church and they'll be there. They want to catch it, right? They want to promote conflict. What about national conflict? This opened my eyes when I I read this statistic right now. 40 plus, it could be 49, 47, I don't know. So I said 40 plus armed conflicts 
are taking place right now in this world where thousands upon thousands are losing their lives, especially, I think it's 16,000 in Yemen right now. Just this year, there's conflict. What about racial conflict? Many of us, 40 and under, we have never experienced racial conflict like this ever. Some of you who are a little bit older may remember racial conflict a little bit more than we do. But it's here and it is so present. Do you know that according to the United States legal system, it is the costly, uh, excuse me, United States Department of Justice, forgive me. They say that almost 60% of all hate crimes are related to racial and ethnicity issues. 60% or more of hate crimes are related to ethnicity and racial issues. We have conflict. What about personal conflict? Get this, you ready? United States Department of Justice. No, I messed up again. United States legal system. The legal system, the courts, the lawyers, the attorneys. is the costliest legal system on planet Earth. People, American people, will spend over $400 billion in law cost, lawsuit costs. Isn't that crazy? What about, what about marriage conflict? Uh-oh. <laughs> Look at this statistic. I, I, this breaks my heart. 41% of all American married adults have gone through at least one divorce. Conflict. What about families? There's families right here and watching on live stream that have conflict within their family. Some minor, some completely major, and some life damaging. We have disagreements. We have lack of communication. We have relatives and in-laws, not mine. We have turmoil. Now we have blended family dynamics. Why do we have blended family dynamics? It's because Families are being blended together because over 41% of all American adults have been through at least one divorce. And with blended family, uh, there's other dynamics and conflict that arises. There's, there's unforgiveness and grudges and it gets thicker and thicker and, and bitterness and abuse and complete betrayal leading family relationships to be broken and forever destroyed. And last but not least, political conflict. I don't even have to describe that. We're living in it right now. And every four years of election, we are always reminded firsthand of how divided we truly are. Conflict is a way of life. Conflict is ever before us. And friends, our culture teaches us to handle conflict with either fighting it or fleeing from it. And depending on your upbringing and what you've decided and how you've been influenced, you're either going to flee conflict at all costs or you're going to fight it and put the boxing gloves and fight until it's over. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have dedicated your life to follow the ways and the person of Jesus, you are called to handle conflict in a polar opposite way than this world. You are supposed to be counter culture. We are called to be peacemakers. Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. That word in Greek is the root word of peace. But that word peacemaker in the Greek is only mentioned once and mentioned by Jesus. However, peace, the root word, is mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. Every New Testament book except two talks and addresses peace. So we need to look at the definition because it says, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Every believer, follower of Christ, we want to be called the sons and daughters. We are the sons and daughters because of what Christ did for us. 
But what we're going to look at at the end of the message is who calls us sons and daughters. It's the people looking from the outside into our lives and see that we are making peace with everyone. So let's look at the definition of a peacemaker. A peacemaker is one who takes the responsibility. We live in a world where no one wants to take responsibility, right? It's always someone else's fault. (laughs) One who takes responsibility for reconciling broken relationships. Now, I want to get at the heart of peacemaking. Because, yeah, a peacemaker makes peace. But what is peace? So many people, including myself, robbed as my childhood of what I thought was peace, contentment, storms calmed, a feeling of all is calm, silent night, all is bright, something that feels peaceful. Jesus is not talking about a feeling. Now, feelings will come when the right definition of the word is being lived out. What he's talking about is reconciliation. Peace is restoring what was broken. That's reconciliation. And so today, we're going to look at three things of reconciliation. First, it comes to our front door. We need to know peace. We need to know peace for ourselves and experience peace. Not just a head knowledge, but an intimate, experiential, spirit-known intimacy of a relationship with God the Father. We need to understand that this righteous God has a conflict with us unrighteous, sinful people. There is conflict. There is a gap between us and God, and that's because of our rebellion and our sin. We have a problem with God. We are at odds with God. We are in conflict with God. And sadly, there is nothing you can personally do in your own merit to reconcile that gap and that brokenness between you and God. And this is where the sweetness and the richness of the good news of Jesus comes in. For by grace you've been saved. That God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us so that we could be made right with God. That's reconciliation. That's peace that we can have. You see, for the unbeliever, and you can even look back before you met Jesus, you know it's hard to, it's, it's hard to identify and to clearly communicate, but you know that there is an emptiness and a void within you, don't you? You know that there is this dryness and you're in this desert place, and you know that you're a captive. You know that you're chained, but you don't know how to get out. And that's when Jesus comes running after us. Sin separated us, but through Jesus's act of sinless obedience and sacrifice, we can be reunited and reconciled with the Father. Do you know what that means? That you can have relationship with the God of the creator right now and he makes you a new person. Let's just even look at that passage in 2 Corinthians Uh, No, 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 go back to Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been, say those words in yellow for me, made right. Now let's all do it together. It's a lot more fun if everyone participates. Therefore, since we have been in God's sight by faith, we have with God because of what Christ our Lord has done for us. That's the peace. We have been made Right, by faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith is the confidence in the hope that we have in Christ and the evidence of things not seen. We have faith in Christ that Christ is going to fulfill everything that he set out to do. We have peace, reconciliation with God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians and we're gonna rest in chapter five for just a little minute as we continue to reflect on what it means to know peace. When you have peace with God, that means you have been reconciled by faith to God. That's beautiful. 
This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, let's do the yellow words, has become a... The old life is... A new life has... You guys are good. And all of this is a... Who? To himself. And God has given us this task of... For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself no longer. Good job, guys. This is knowing peace. When you receive what Jesus did on the cross that you don't deserve and you can't earn, you receive it because you believe it. It is a free gift, 100% free, but to follow Jesus and to put on the attitudes of Jesus and to reconcile others to Jesus will cost you your life. Who wants to buy? (laughs) Right? But you are a new person. The old is gone when Jesus looks at you right now, forgets your horrible morning and drive here that you had. He looks at you and he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus, the purity of his son, Jesus, the mercy and the holiness of his son, Jesus. That's what he sees when he sees you and you have received all that God has given you through Jesus. And I want to stop there before we go any further because it may be true that there is someone here today who has never known peace for their souls. You have never filled that longing of knowing that you are enough, that when this world fades and you take your last breath, that there is hope for eternity with God. You see, the only way you can have peace is reconciliation through the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nothing complicated you have to do except die (laughs) to yourself, become a new person, allow the old sinful ways to melt away like wax. It kind of looks like this. Jesus, thank you that you have made me a new person. Thank you that my old life of sin is completely wiped away cleansed clean, white as snow. Thank you, God, for the gift through your son, Jesus, that you have brought us back to you through Christ. And may I never try to cross any other bridge to get to you other than Jesus, because any other bridge other than Jesus will crumble and fall underneath my feet. That's peace. Do you know peace? Because no matter what's going on in the circumstances of life, you could be going through complete hell and you can have peace because you're reconciled to the Father. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now let's take that second part of 2 Corinthians as we look to we share, number two, we know peace, but now we share peace. It's one thing to know it, but then we are called as believers to share the gospel, reconciliation, restoration, only through Jesus. That's the only way. We share peace. God has given us this task of reconciling people back to himself. So we have to know peace in order to share it. If you don't know peace and you're sharing it, you're just sharing information. We want to share transformation. So God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself through Jesus. Let's go on to 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 19. And he gave us, let's do the yellow again. You see, I I know this is really cheesy, but the yellow is just to kind of say hello. You know, yellow, okay. Um, And he gave us this wonderful, wow, you guys are good. So we are, That's who you are. God is making his appeal through us. Stop there. Friends, have you ever asked, how will people know that Jesus loves them? How will my neighbors ever come to salvation? I try and I try and I try. How will people know Jesus? Through you. 
God is making his appeal through you, through me. Guys, you are his billboard. You are his megaphone. And the message that he is making an appeal through us is this. Come back to God. Come back. Is our life saying that? Or is it saying, run away. You don't want this. God literally wants to reconcile people to himself through Jesus by making that message of the gospel through you. And live stream. That's powerful, guys. I think if we really understand this, the average Christian man and woman would start to take their faith very seriously. Start to want to be discipled and to be developed into the ways of God and to live out the destiny and the purpose that they are called to live. This is what brings us to life is we are literally moving vessels, living vessels to make God's appeal to the world. This message has been so convicting to me. I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's been so difficult. I am responsible, you are responsible to share with others how they can have peace with God. Oh, God will draw their hearts. Oh yeah? God needs to draw their hearts, but you are making his appeal. Is the Christ or the appeal in you drawing people to God or is it keeping them outside the church doors? You see, if I'm not allowing my life to be soaked and saturated in God's amazing grace, I cannot, I cannot try to withdraw and flow with the things of God that people need to know and see in my life. Here's a couple potent truths that should make us bristle a little bit. If we consume more time with scrolling through all the social media, he said, she said, crud, consumer opinions and conspiracies, defending ourselves more than using our social media and devices to display the peace of the gospel, then we may be missing our opportunity to be peacemakers. If we are more concerned about who our neighbor voted for more than the condition of their soul with the king of kings, we are not operating as peacemakers. If our talk with others is more about politics than it is the things of God and his kingdom and growing more like Jesus, then we are missing the point of what it means to be a follower and a peacemaker of Christ. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that politics aren't important. Oh, they're important. How we govern our land, the leaders and the officials and even us will be accountable for how we allow the government to lead. That's why voting is so important. That's why speaking up is so important. But if that is more important in your conversations than King Jesus and the love of God displayed through the cross of Jesus, you are not living as a peacemaker. Sorry, presidents will come and go. Nations will rise and fall. Whew. Technology and communications will be developed and be destroyed. Entertainment and sports will enter the stage or enter onto the field and leave. But Jesus will always be on his throne. And if we are not focused on the reconciliation that God has called us to bring to others through the cross of Jesus, we are missing the point of what it means to be a Jesus follower. 
So we have been given the most precious opportunity to know the peace of God and be reconciled to God. We also have the responsibility to share with others. But lastly, we are responsible to model this peace in how we make peace with others. This is the hard one. This is where life gets tested. A peacemaker is one who is a maker of peace. Hebrews, um, Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 14 says, pursue peace with all men. That includes women. The word pursue is a hot word. It means to chase after. It's to pounce on. It's to run after with all your might. Pursue, chase after, run after peace with all men. All men means all. Those who don't agree with you. Those who vote differently than you. Those who have an opposite opinion of what you feel about the COVID vaccine. Friends, this, these kind of issues, political, medical, vaccine, COVID, the enemy is trying to divide the church. We can't let it. Doesn't matter if the person next to me gets the vaccine and I'm against it or doesn't get it and I'm for it. Doesn't matter. Peace and reconciliation is what matters to Jesus not what you choose to necessarily vote for or how to medically put things in your body. Before I open a can, I don't want to open Romans. It's actually um, Romans 12, not Romans 5. So forgive me on that. Romans 12 verse 18 says, if possible. What does if possible mean? Now it takes two to dance. Takes two to dance. You look really funny dancing by yourself. Takes two to tango. It takes two to have conflict. However, God calls us to have a responsibility, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Live peaceably with all. What about those people from the church that wounded you and hurt you? Maybe it was a church you grew up at. Maybe it was a pastor who humiliated you, condemned you. What does it depend on you to do what you need to do to reconcile? We're gonna get to that in a moment. Do everything you can do to be at peace. Well, how do I know if I've done everything? Ask a spirit-filled believer who can look at this situation through a non-biased view and evaluate the situation and tell you if they think and believe that you've done enough. Here's why. There's a spectrum. This corner and this corner is the spectrum. You have people who fall on this side who just send a text or a card and, oh, that's enough. We're reconciled. They'll be good. They'll get over it. It was just something I said. Eh, it's not really worth having to have lunch with this person. You know, well, I talked to him once. I think we're good. You know, I think they read my mind. I was subtle about it, but I think they got the point. But then you go all the way to this side and you have people who are like, I met with them. I did the biblical thing. I went through Matthew 18. They won't reconcile, me. They won't reconcile with me. What's wrong with me? And so you got to figure out where the balance is. And first, you got to start off with prayer. Jesus, show me what my part is. And no matter what the response of the other party is, I'm going to pursue peace. Our church would look completely different if we pursued peace with others. Friends, watching live stream. Please know I love you, and we know 
that a lot of people are still not comfortable and able to come and join us, and that's okay. You may forever be an online live stream church member, and we love you, and we wanna connect you. But I sense in my spirit that there are some who are at home watching live stream because of conflict in the church, because of people who make them bristle or said something or did something intentionally or unintentionally, and they don't want anything to do with the church body. Guys, the enemy is dancing and celebrating whenever brothers and sisters don't agree and never resolve conflict. Well, what's in the past is past. No, is it resolved? Is it reconciled with the peace that passes all understanding? Okay, you ask for forgiveness, but see, the peace that the Bible talks about, that Jesus talks about, is not about the ceasing from fighting. See, you see, you can stop disagreeing. You can stop bickering and fighting. You can stop trash talking on Facebook, but that doesn't mean you have peace. That doesn't mean reconciliation has happened. But here's the thing too. Reconciliation doesn't mean that you're just buddy-buddy again. Hey, I'm friends. Let's just go back to normal. Hopefully it can. And that's, that, that would be awesome if it can. But there's just some situations where it takes two to be fully transparent and to be able to forgive the past and move forward. So after you're reconciled, the moving forward is going to look different for every relationship. And I have to tell you, friends, I I usually don't make a comment about this, but I'm always insecure and sensitive about going over with messages. And I know a lot of people tell me don't be, but I am. Because I understand that our culture's attention span is not that long. And and I do, I wanna respect everyone's time. But this morning, I just feel a deep conviction that if we don't get right with this and we don't really understand God's heart, that we will continue to be hindered to operate as the church that draws people and we see revival happen. And so I'm just asking you to stay with me because this is a loaded, this is a fire hose of a message. And yes, I'm gonna do a series later on in the year on conflict and we're gonna talk it through, but we're gonna focus more on what it looks to be a peacemaker I'm just gonna go through this list real quickly, but I want to be clear of what I don't mean about a peacemaker. This is what a peacemaker doesn't mean. Subjecting yourself to unhealthy expectations, demands in order to reconcile, that is dangerous. Don't become a doormat and do unhealthy things just to make peace with someone else. That's not reconciliation. That's appeasing the other person at your cost. Some people simply don't want to reconcile. They say they do, but they don't practically follow the principles that the Bible talks about. Carrying everyone's burdens on your shoulders doesn't make you a person of peace. It makes you one tired, exhausted, weary person. A lot of burdens that we carry as Christians, God has never asked us to carry. And we do it just to maintain peace. Being a peacemaker is all about resting in the peace that God has given you and then sharing that peace by supporting, comforting, and making peace with others. A peacemaker doesn't mean that you become a punching bag or a doormat so that others will be happy. Peacemakers doesn't mean even mean to be a peacemaker in your marriage is to meet the needs of your spouse without your needs being addressed. That's not peace. That's not reconciliation. Lay down your life, serve your spouse, but talk, (laughs) communicate, restore, and reconcile. But a peacemaker does look like this. Instead of being known for making your point, are you known for making peace? Instead of being understood, a peacemaker takes time to understand. I think if we took a much deeper look and gave people the benefit of the doubt and even gave options to understand why that person said what they did, 
Maybe they were really hurt by someone in the past. Maybe they just lost someone, lost a pet, lost a job. We don't know. But what if we took time to understand? Instead of the, I forgive you, but, I grew up like that. I forgive you, but you did this to me. Instead of the, I forgive you, but, the, the peacemaker is, I forgive you, or will you forgive me? Or I forgive you, will you forgive me? And then move forward to communicate where your heart was hurt communicate where there needs to be restoration. You see, Jesus is always making peace. Would you agree with that? He's a peacemaker. Where Jesus' presence is, there is peace. But the devil, Satan, he's always about making trouble. Jesus is all about making peace. Satan is all about making trouble. Which one do you resemble? Do you stir trouble more than you pursue peace? Or do you pursue peace? and avoid at all costs stirring trouble. We are called to be at peace with everyone. However, now hear me, this is really important for the church and I know I could make this into a part two uh, sermon, but we're not. We are called to peace with everyone, but there are deep implications that Jesus points to and all the writers of the uh, New Testament point to of the implications of restoration, reconciliation with our brothers and sisters. Jesus says, by your love for one another, all men will know that you are my followers. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Who's calling them sons and daughters? God already calls you sons and daughters because of Christ, not because of you. It's the other people who see you making peace in all things that call you sons and daughters. Do your, do your extended family members call you sons and daughters of Christ? What about your neighbors? What about your boss? Would he say that's a son, a daughter of the most high God? It's how we deal with conflict. And I'm very convicted about this, and I don't want this to be offensive. I'm gonna explain myself as I go through, but we have a decision to make as a local body of Christ, not looking at the other churches as a local body. Will we be considered by the outside world a faith community who deals with relationships as Jesus would display them? Or are we a part of a fake community? And I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, but I think we need to realize, put it up there, please. Faith community versus fake community. I'm not saying that the fake community is not believers, genuinely saved, I'm not saying that. I'm saying how they live their lives. Let, let, let me give you an example. Just so you know, I called the manager of Kroger in Goshen and Blanchester, and I told them that while we're meeting in the second service to take some of the fruit stands and actually take the real fruit off and put fake fruit on there. How are you going to know what's fake and what's not? Because in this day, man, the advancements of making fake fruit looks pretty good. I remember when I was a kid and those fake grapes, man, they were fake and you'd suck them, you know, you'd suck them to your cheeks and look like you have a wart. Remember that? It's just me. Okay, but anyways, you don't know if it's fake unless you get close enough. What about the people who are close enough to our church body and they see us all worship together here, but then they see us during the week, in our workplace, on the road, in the coffee shop. So many people don't want to ever step in the doors of a church because they're fake. Who wants to be a part of a fake community? Faith community models peace by dealing with conflict. Fake communities, they have the appearance of following rules to look like people of peace. Again, I'm not pointing fingers. Next one. Faith community is about not being perfect. We know we're not perfect. We're all broken. We're all messed up. 
We need the grace of God. We need to be reconciled to God and to each other. But we are growing in being the attitude of Christ. Head knowledge and our heart. The head and the heart. It's the largest 17 inches in the world from your head to your heart. The fake community is all about memorizing the part, looking the attitude, the head. The next one, we live out what we say is truth. That is a faith community. We live out what we say is true. This is the gospel. The gospel is for everybody. If God loves me, I can love you. If God forgives me, I can forgive you. Fake community says truth, yet lives in an entirely different way. Know some? The last one is the hardest one. We have the form of godliness, scripture says, and the faith community, as they grow into the knowledge of Christ and they look more and more like Christ, they produce the fruit of the spirit. What's the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They produce fruit. They're not perfect, but they're connected and they're making peace. They're humbling themselves, they're poor in spirit, and they're mourning over their sinful state. They're gentle and they're humble. They thirst for righteousness. That's their priority. They're pure in heart and they're making peace. That's the form of godliness. Fake church, it's about fake fruit. You look the part, you look the form of godliness, but you deny its power. Are you just looking like a a Christian, which is information and a billboard? Or is your life producing life change and transformation? Don't condemn yourself. This is a great place to start. This is a process. It's a process, friends. It's not gonna happen overnight. You could leave right now and maybe you feel led. You have to walk out the doors and go restore right now. You could simply just go to a person's door, call them and say, I need to be right with you. You did this to me. No, I've been holding a grudge against you for a long time. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. If you ever wanna talk, shoot me a text. It could be as simple as that. But others are so layered by years of grudges, years of hurt and pain, and abuse, and sometimes, friends, the best thing is not to go to that person's door. Sometimes it's best not to pursue the person right away. Maybe you need to see a professional counselor. Maybe you need to see a pastor or spiritual leader or maybe someone in your small group. Talk it through. But just because we're called to be peacemakers doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray about reconciling and our part to play. Guys, I have things in my life that I'm still trying to figure out what my part to play in reconciling is. This is hard stuff. But it doesn't minimize Jesus' call to us. I wonder what would change if we became more of a church that looked like this, faithful, available, and teachable. You know what that spells out, abbreviated? Fat. We all need to get fat spiritually. We need to be faithful. We need to be available. We need to be teachable. Friends, if you have been, you're considered elders, you're considered mature parents, grandparents in the faith, never stop being teachable. When you stop being teachable, you stop being effective for the kingdom. As the band comes up, I just wanna bow our heads and I wanna get real. I want us to get real. The lack of being peacemakers is robbing you of peace in your own life, robbing you of joy, contentment. Some of you are actually struggling and falling in life because you are not at peace with others. And so I first wanna ask you, where 
do you need to have peace with God? Remember, I'm not talking about a feeling or a calm. I'm talking about reconciliation. If you were to take your last breath now, this evening, tomorrow, and you stood before your heavenly Father, do you have any hope? of avoiding the punishment that your sin deserves. Because you can be absolutely 100% sure that you can have hope of eternity in the presence of God only through what Jesus did on the cross. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I am done living my life my way. God, forgive me. I've messed it up time and time and time and time and time again. I have no peace. I need peace. I need, I need peace to keep going. Jesus, I, I don't understand how it works, but Jesus, would you come and live in my life? Jesus, the pastor talks about the Holy Spirit. What is that? Could you fill me? Could you give me a taste of that? I want what you have. Help me to know you and help me to look like you. Pray that for every single person. Secondly, where are you at with others? Already God is doing surgery in your hearts and he's brought names to your mind that you're just not right with. Whether they did something intentionally or unintentionally, whether they even know that they did something. that look like I'm going to make the altar available for anyone who wants to just come and pray by themselves maybe you need to get up and get in your car and go and spend some time with God alone maybe you need to make a very serious phone call maybe you need to write a letter whatever it is whatever it is you need to do can I challenge you to do Father, just move in this time. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Come and cleanse our hearts. Less of us, Jesus. Convict us, show us our hearts where we have gone wrong and give us wisdom of what we need to do, God. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.